This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. And it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Of course, a profound holiday just about anywhere. But here in the cradle of the civil rights movement, Atlanta, Georgia, of course, in Dr. King's final hometown, the the day takes on special significance. We are re-listening to a speech that had just been unearthed seven years ago and released again to the public as Dr. King spoke just days before receiving his Nobel Peace Prize. This was December 7th, 1964. On his way to Oslo, Norway, he stopped in London and spoke before the British group Christian Direction. Now, as you know, we have been engaged in the United States in a massive struggle to make desegregation and finally integration a reality. And in that struggle, there has been an undergirding philosophy, the philosophy of nonviolence, the philosophy and method of nonviolent resistance. And I'd like to say just a few words about the method or the philosophy that has undergirded our struggle. And first, I want to say that I'm still convinced that nonviolence is the most potent weapon available to oppressed people in their struggle for freedom and justice. It has a way of disarming the opponent, exposing his moral defenses. It weakens his morale, and at the same time, it works on his conscience, and he just doesn't know how to handle it. If he doesn't beat you, wonderful. If he beats you, you develop the quiet courage of accepting blows without retaliating. If he doesn't put you in jail, wonderful. Nobody with any sense loves to go to jail. But if he puts you in jail, you go in that jail and transform it from a dungeon of shame to a haven of freedom and human dignity. Even if he tries to kill you, you develop the inner conviction that that is something so dear Something so precious, something so eternally true that they are worth dying for. And if a man has not discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. And this is what the nonviolent discipline says. And then the other thing about it is that it gives the individual a way of struggling to secure moral ends through moral means. One of the great debates of history has been over the whole question of ends and means. And all the way back from the days of Plato's dialogues coming on up through Machiavelli and others, there have been those individuals who argued that the end justifies the means. But in a real sense, a nonviolent philosophy comes along and says that the end is pre-existent in the means. The means represent the ideal in the making and the end in process. And so that in the long run of history, immoral means cannot bring about moral ends. Somehow man must come to the point that he sees the necessity of having ends and means cohering, so to speak. And this is one of the things that is basic in the nonviolent philosophy at its best. It gives one a way and a method of struggle which says that you can seek to secure moral ends through moral means. It also says that it is possible to struggle against an evil, unjust system, 
with all your might and with all your heart and even hate that unjust system, but yet you maintain an attitude of active goodwill and understanding and even love for the perpetrators of that evil system. Now this is the most misunderstood aspect of nonviolence. And this is where those who uh, don't want to follow the nonviolent methods say a lot of bad things to those of us who talk about love. But I still go on and believe in it because I am still convinced that it is love that makes the world go round. And somehow this kind of love can be a powerful force for social change. Now I'm not talking about a weak love. I'm not talking about emotional bosh here. I'm not talking about some sentimental quality. I'm not talking about an affectionate response. It would be nonsense to urge oppressed people to love their violent oppressors in an affectionate sense, and I have never advised that. When Jesus said, love your enemies, I'm happy he didn't say like your enemies. It's pretty difficult to like some people. But love is greater than like. Love is understanding, creative, redemptive goodwill for all men. Theologians talk about this kind of love with the Greek word agape, which is a sort of overflowing love that seeks nothing in return. And when one develops this, you rise to the position of being able to love the person who does the evil deed while hating the deed that the person does. And I believe that this can be done. Psychiatrists are telling us now that hatred is a dangerous force, not merely for the hated, but also the hater. Many of the strange things that happen in the subconscious, many of the inner conflicts are rooted in hate. And so they are saying love of Paris. This is why Eric Fromm can write a book entitled The Art of Loving, arguing that love is the supreme unifying force of life. And so it is wonderful to have a method of struggle where it is possible to stand up against segregation, to stand up against colonialism with all of your might, and yet not hate the perpetrators of these unjust systems. And I believe firmly that it is through this kind of powerful, nonviolent action, this kind of love that organizes itself into mass action, that we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation and the world into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. Certainly this is the great challenge facing us. Now I think that nonviolence can work not only in the situation that we find in our country, not only with the magnificent example that we have in India expressed through the marvelous work of Mohandas K. Gandhi, but I think it can work in ways and in circumstances that we haven't seen it or we haven't used it before. And it is in that context that Dr. King then pivoted to discussing apartheid in South Africa, which we all know is an issue that did not resolve itself and probably still hasn't fully until the late 1980s, more than 20 years after he gave this speech on December 7th, 1964 in London before the group Christian Direction, days before receiving his Nobel Peace Prize. I will have the rest of this speech in a bonus segment at ronshowatl.com on today's show blog. And if you follow The Ron Show on SoundCloud, you can enjoy it there as well. Thank you for listening with us. Back here tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app and at americaoneradio.com. Have a great day.